coming at you at light speed. It's a solo mini-sode. Hello, everybody. Uh, a solo mini-sode? You mean like a mini-sode about the movie Solo, a Star Wars story, right? Yeah, exactly. We don't Way want... to spell it out. <laughs> Listen, we don't want people thinking that, you know, we're talking like, oh, this is just a solo mini-sode because that, you know... What does that even what mean? What movie right? are you fucking talking about? Exactly. Well, maybe you figure figure it out. Um, Han Solo, everybody. Han. Anyways, so Mike, let's just get right into it. Sure, I'll what, launch right in. What did you think of Han Solo, a planet of Solos, a Star Wars tale? Well, before I answer that, I'm gonna ask you this. Oh gosh. In a very that's like a politician's. Uh, that's like a politician's way of doing Mike things. Mike for governor. I'm going to listen, I'm going to answer that in just a minute. But first, <laughs> but first, um how many times have you seen it? Just once for now. Okay. I've seen it just once too. I just wanted to get that out of the way, right? Because seeing a movie for the first time I think gives you a different impression than seeing a movie twice. Yeah. Right? So with that said, I'm going to do what no politician ever does and answer the fucking question. Uh, solo, a Star Wars story. I'm kind of, I'm kind of Luke Skywalker warm on it. What Luke yeah. Skywalker warm? You're not hot solo for it. I'm not hot solo on it. Yeah, uh. I'm not hot sold on it. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it? Man, I kind of fucking loved it. I I saw that. It was just a rip roaring fun time adventure fucking film. For anybody who doesn't know, you can check out our reviews on Letterboxd. And that's what I did Dot with com. Alex. Huh? Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> um, yes, I saw you You uh, You gave it a, a very celebratory review. Yeah. Almost like it was one of your favorite Star Wars movies. That's not true at all, though. Okay. Like, not even close. Where do you rank it? Oh, Christ. Uh, probably a step above The Last Jedi. Making it, like... Fifth or fourth. Fifth, okay. Probably fifth. Wow. So Last Jedi's sixth. <laughs> Anyways, um I don't know, it's hard. I, I have to I have to figure it out. I have to see the list. I have to splay the movies in front of me and then I can do the whole Well how many okay, how many how many movies do we have now? We have uh Whatever the middle is is where the last Jedi belongs. Right have, in the middle. We have ten movies. Perfectly now. balanced as all things should be. We have ten movies now. I think isn't it? Because we have the eight episodes, and then we have the two yeah, ten, right. anthology movies. And I put it at a ranking of, uh, um, I guess, s- uh, seven. So just about all the, all the prequels? It's my seventh favorite. Mm. I, I put it above the prequels, but it's probably my least favorite of the new stuff. I know. No, it's not surprising. It's probably... Well, I don't know. It well, might be surprising. I'm just trying to think of what the common consensus is. And the common consensus now is there's no common consensus anymore. Exactly. It's all over the place. Um, well, let's get into it, though. Okay? Why don't, why don't we talk about this movie? Let's talk about stuff we do like. Talk about stuff maybe we don't care for. Well, why don't we start with the stuff I don't care for? Because I think sure. the first 25, 20 to 25 minutes are all kind of slow and a little hard to get into, I thought. I thought that... The for, off the bat, lighting was kind of weird. It was very blue. Uh-huh. I had a hard time telling what things were go- like, what was going on. People's faces were a little obscured. Uh-huh. I was like, hmm, this is weird. 
Um, I think it was a stylistic choice, but I think it could have been a little better conveyed. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, I think things were just kind of slow. Han's so slow. <laughs> Uh, for a bit, but like not like things were happening though. There was a cool car chase and stuff. Like I think I I was just sort of had to. I'd have to see the movie again to really get a sense of that. But the the two things I didn't like uh, the most, which in the first one's very probably a very common thing, is I didn't like that Han Solo's name isn't Han Solo, and they had to oh, give him yeah. the name. I thought that was kind of dumb. And it was so random too. It was just some dude giving him that name. I like the uh, uh, the concept behind it, and apparently the concept behind it is what. Sold uh, Bob Iger and the rest of the Disney executives on making like on uh, greenlighting the movie because mm-hmm. Lawrence Kasdan's like it's gonna be like Han Solo's at like Space Ellis Island and he's got no name right and then he's like what's your name and he's like I'm nobody and it's like okay Han Solo and then everyone's <laughs> like what which is like a, a fun <laughs> idea I just think the movie did a bit too much took it like took a bit too much of a deep breath and looked at the camera and was like Han. Solo and yeah, then winked yeah. and then like you know gave me a little nudge. You know it it it's uh it's one of those things where I think the name Han Solo is kind of like uh, like a weird alien name. Yeah, you know it's not a human name, and I think the impression that everybody has about the name Han Solo is it's sort of like well this is a name that exists on some other planet and it probably means some other thing in that universe, but we've cleverly we've cleverly used this last name solo to mean something else about this character but then when you watch this movie it's like oh okay so it means that about that character in that world too yeah right it's a little strange um and the only other thing i didn't like is even though the movie picks up right at this point um i didn't like the fact like the part where han solo has to speak wookie is it's like there's no no way around that that was just a kind of a dumb idea (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say this, because if if we're talking about the first, basically, like, the first act of the movie, and then maybe, like, uh, up through the that first heist, that's the stuff that I really enjoyed about the movie. Weird. You're, like, an opposite person. Well, because I felt like there was a lot more going on at that point. Like... like I liked the whole thing that he actually joined up with the Academy, and then he was fighting a war on some random planet. I'm like, oh, this is cool, because we're seeing kind of, like... We're seeing this assault that the Empire is doing in a way we haven't seen before, right? We're seeing it from the inside. We're seeing the troops on the ground going onto planets and. Oh yeah, I liked. I liked a little. I liked cool World War One fucking Empire <laughs> planet Mimban, as I think it's called. And then I, I liked how he met Chewie. I thought that was. Pretty, I like that pretty part. charming. It was pretty cool. Uh, and then I liked that first heist, that train heist, and mm-hmm. the, and the, uh, I, they're not called they're not called swoop riders, but you they know. are called swoop riders. Oh, okay, they're swoop bikes. Okay, so then the swoop rider, the swoop riders, the swoop riders, the swoop riders, uh, the swoop riders coming in and doing the train stuff. I thought all that stuff was like pretty strong, and then. Uh, and but no, I do agree. Like some of the some of that was shot kind of weird. Like the whole movie was a little bit shot, kind of a little bit messy. I don't know. But I thought, I thought after Mimban, uh, everything kind of picked up immediately. The cinematography got a lot easier to understand. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, like Mimban on, is on purpose gray and hard to understand what the fuck's going on. Oh, sorry. I also loved Lady Proxima. I thought that was the best creature in the entire movie. Really? Yeah. I mean, I have to rewatch it. She. I was just sort of. I was like, because I she mi- was fucking cool. 
because I was like, got a little hung up on the little opening scroll, even though it wasn't a scroll. Something about Lady Proxima. I'm like, what, what does that mean? And then like the movie started, and I was like, wait, what did that mean? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't process that. <laughs> so basically, Han Solo is like a little Oliver Twist. He is a little Oliver Twist. <laughs> just stealing, nicking pockets for this slug. Yeah, I just thought the creature would like. I think she was all mostly practical, right? It seemed like the or CG to imitate puppets. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I was also. They also didn't. I didn't, you know, I was also not paying attention, like in terms of like trying to. I was also yeah. watching the fucking movie, so I was right analyzing it. Um. So then the movie goes. Okay, so yeah, there is that first heist. So what did you, well, yeah. you think about that heist? Well, yeah. So those two things, the things I liked the least, I guess. Uh, and after that, I liked everything a lot. Okay. It was just fun, breezy, fun time entertainment. Uh, the train heist, I liked that train heist. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, everything was going to be, I liked it. It was fun, so. Cool. But there were things I liked more than other things, but we'll get to them, I suppose. The train sure. heist was cool. It was fun seeing a cool train heist. It feels like it was, I don't know, it was just kind of neat. I think that the, uh, the movie could have done a better job of, uh, really setting up the stakes, though, because, um, the fact that, uh... I think your name was Val. Had to kill herself to like. Oh. like we gotta, we, this is like really important. I gotta kill myself to, to complete the mission. They didn't really set the mission up as being super critical. Well, yeah. Let's so let's get to uh, something I didn't like about the movie. Uh huh. And that's that's. Uh, and by the way, everybody. I mean, we're deep into spoilers now, right? So I it's mean, a, it's a mini, we. You know, come on, it's a minisode. Sure. Uh. <laughs> so okay, I mean, we're introduced to Beckett. Right, and we're introduced to uh, Val, mm-hmm. and uh, Beckett's played by Woody Harrelson. Val is played by uh, Thandy Newton. Tandy, Tandy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tandy Newton. That's why I've heard it pronounced as of uh, Westworld fame and Mission Impossible too. But we don't talk about that. No, I'm gonna uh, rewatch all those movies and prep for yeah uh, for the new one. Fiction. <laughs> hey, we should do like a Twitch stream where we just watch one through five. How grueling would that be? Uh, for the audience, very. Hey, everybody, if you'd like Alex no, and I... They're, no, they're not interested. <laughs> I'm also not going to do them all in one day, so... <laughs> um, and then there was uh, that little creature that was played... Rio b- by John Favreau. Yeah, little, little which, I thought Favreau. Was, which I thought was great. And spoilers, obviously. He died so he can go on to direct a Star Wars TV show. Oh, yeah. His ghost, his force ghost, is going to go on to make other stories, tell other stories. yeah. So, uh, one thing I'm not a fan of with this movie in general, and I think it applies to three characters, is we're introduced to a ragtag team of uh, of heists, heist ro- Robin Robin Hoods, right? Thieves. And and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is like you know, it's like a fun loving little ragtag team that Han Solo is putting together. And then you get to the first heist, and then two of them die. And you're like, God damn it, what the hell? Like I was just getting to know I was just getting to know these characters and there's you know, like couldn't they have like had them yeah, in there? Yeah, I think they it was fine. It worked for what it needed to be, I think. Um I was like I was like expecting a heist movie and I got not a heist movie, which is fine because I liked the what the movie was. But I was hoping you know, it's like, ooh, space heist, and then turned out to be more like along the lines of space adventure. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah. But it would have been nice to have a space heist. Oh well. And then I and then there's another character that I is assumedly dies Who? later on the the robot or does L3? she make it? We'll go into that. Okay. Um. All right. So yeah. So there's that first heist. Two of the members die. Who I'd say are more interesting than uh, Beckett. I'd say. 
I don't know. He was fine. But here's the thing about Beckett, and you'll you'll need to tell me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. or tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, I feel like they were trying to set him up as like the role model heist guy, right, for Han Solo? I don't know. I think the fact like he kind of, I thought that that was what they were going to set him up as, but it tur- I I felt like the movie did was more like he's just like an outlaw, and Han Solo was like, "Well, I'm you know I'm gonna hang out with you, guy." Okay, because I don't know if the intention was for them to have sort of like a teacher learner relationship. I think he was. I think he was trying like like not like he's like I'll just teach you some things, guy. You know, because he does give him a couple lessons and how to be a an outlaw or whatever. Yeah. But like for the most part, it seems like he doesn't really have it. Like after, you know, his, all of his friends die, he doesn't really have his shit together anymore. Well, and he just doesn't really have a character. I, I don't know. He kind of does, but it's not very, it's sort of passive. It's vague. Yeah. It's, but I mean, that's a small complaint, but I just, it was something that was, I noticed, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm trying to think if there's anything in the, in the first part before we like get into the, jump sure. into the second act of the movie that I, that we missed that might be worth, talking about well yeah they, they, we open up on that first planet right with the, the poor lighting Corellia. planet Corellia mm-hmm. that has no lighting uh, which I like I like, I like Corellia it seems, it's like a little yeah it's like a space really... Victorian age little spaceport yeah and then uh, we have the we have the scene where um, Han Solo and Kira get separated yeah. I want to add just right now while we're talking about it sure. or, uh, I really liked Kira in this movie I thought that Amelia Clark did a really Surprise! Like you know, people like we'll get to that. I just I know Reddit like the, thinks she's a bad actress, but I think she can. She as a you know, because they choose to look at circle you know Terminator Genesis, which is like come on. Oh as yeah, no, come on. I thought she did a really good job. I thought she was very believable. I thought she was very good as a character, and I I was like interested in uh, in her and Han, and I hope that uh, maybe we'll see more of her, but probably not. But you know, man, I yeah, this is funny because see. The best kind of review like this is when two people have opposing opinions. Uh, and I hate to... You know, I mean, sorry, man. I, I sound like I'm, like, shitting all over this movie. And this is really not stuff that I have. I don't have give a, a shit. Do whatever. I don't have a huge problem with any of this. But... And especially as we go throughout this movie and sort of explain some of the things that happen, there are things that I feel like the character was written a certain way. Uh, and Amelia Clark is a great actress... I don't know. I just don't. I like. I see the way it's written, and I see the way it's it's on screen, and I feel like there's a difference. But we'll get to like. I'll I'll, I'll mention that as it applies. But right. like in the first part of the movie, I think I thought she was great. I thought when she resurfaces a little bit later on, she was great. So, anyways, yes. Yeah, so let's see. So, train heist goes hits up, right? Yeah. Um, those snowy stormtroopers didn't only appear once and don't. Appear again, which is a bit sad. Uh-huh. Uh, you like Enfy's Nest? Now that's that big ship. No, that's or whatever. The, the the leader of the Swoop Gang. She shows up. Oh, that's a name. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, the Swoop Riders are great. Yeah, they were. They, that was one of the highlights of the movie. I thought. I was... thought that they were kind of underutilized. I thought they were like used as a plot point in order to further along Han Solo's little adventure by fucking up their heist. Um, and then, uh, they kind of show up at the end and like, Hey, we're actually the good guys. And that's, well, so I thought it was like, uh, I think they, yeah, I think the first time they show up was great. No, I think when they show up later, it's a little, 
problematic. I do like what they did with the movie, though, because the movie is it's one of those classic things of movie tells you one thing and you believe it. And then in movie is like, just kidding. It's actually this. And you're like, oh, I got tricked. Yeah. Where it's like, these are a bunch of outlaws, a bunch of mercenary smuggler types. They're fucking up all our shit. And it's like, no, they're actually stealing from the Empire. And they're funding yeah. the rebellion with their, their fucking their rebel cell. What? It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Do we have to strong... Okay, but... And this is jumping forward, but I guess I'll just I'll just mention this now. I mean, do we did we really have to strong arm the whole birth of the rebellion thing? That wasn't into the birth of the rebellion. Movie? I like Rogue One. I get it because they're like they're actually doing it. I I felt like this movie could have done without it though. Uh, but it could whatever. Have, but it wasn't. I didn't. I don't think it was lessened for it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So you meet uh Dryden Voss. I think his name is a uh, fucking Paul Bettany, and I know that. Um, so originally it was Michael K. Williams was going to play a big cat alien. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. And, um, that got cut. Was that a Lord and Miller, uh, yeah. choice? Um, I saw some art <laughs> and, uh, that got cut and he wasn't available for reshoots and I'm sure for budget reasons, even though the budget of this movie is astronomical due to reshoots, that they just didn't want to have to make a full CG character so they went with Paul Bettany and I really liked Paul Bettany in this movie. I yeah he was he was good. I thought he had the the perfect amount of like like hospitality mixed with like subtle you know don't fuck with me I'll kill you and like you know little bits of anger and stuff. I liked his introduction while he's dealing with the governor. He's just fucking stabbing a guy to death. He was a good villain. I like yeah. his cool t- like face scars that glow because he's clearly not human. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, he was good. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so yeah, they do that heist, and uh, yeah, and then they meet up with. I yeah. believe they meet up with him. Yeah, and the cool spaceship. And um, now my girlfriend made an interesting point, and I kind of agree with her. I guess is that this scene is what Canto Bite should have been, um, <laughs> in that. See, her her argument is that Canto Bite, and by extension, a lot of Episode Eight, feels too Earth like too grounded in earth reality it doesn't feel oh. like it belongs in a galaxy far far away and her like one of her, the examples she points to is in canto bite they're just drinking champagne from champagne glasses uh-huh. whereas in this one they're drinking fancy like weird space juice from like weird like silver cups stuff and um i can agree with that the design is much more in terms of the whole entire movie the design seems much more of the star wars that we know and love than episode eight we listen, man. But that's defense. That's this, a thing. This, we can't keep going on about episode eight. Yeah, we can. I, I first of all, I can't defend. I can't defend Canto Bite. Like there, there's. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to defend. Canto Bite. Uh, one thing I will say is, I thought it was again like episode eight was the anti Star Wars movie, basically. Right. Everything you know about Star Wars was basically. Not in episode eight. So like in and I don't know if that was intentional, but the impression I got was like, okay, we're seeing this Canto bite and it and it is like what made it different was the fact that it was so kind of like reserved in that sense. It was not like what you'd see in in the Maz Eisley Cantina with uh, Gleep Cloppers or, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it was just it was a very like weird, fancy human place. Well, I like the fanciness of it. I just think I do agree. I don't. I don't really care on that respect. But I think you know, it could have used an extra layer of sort of unearth oh, sh- unearthitude. 
it could have used an extra layer of unearthitude, and it also could have used a, an extra layer of plot. Yeah, that would have uh, nice too. I think the entire like the entire script. No, you know, I know you like the Last Jedi a lot. I think the entire script, the Last Jedi, could use like a like a Star Wars filter polish. No, <laughs> just like a little bit of polish. Listen, I'm down for Episode Nine going back to full Star Wars swashbuckling, but goddamn. Episode eight. I well, I would feel better if episode eight was just more structurally sound. Also, ah, uh, you got half of the plot is just sort of like um, just a bit stuck in the mud. <laughs> no, I, I really wanted to do. I've always like I don't know. I'm sure someone's done it, but I would love to do like a 45 minute long like video essay or audio essay where I just talk about because I have a lot of really in depth. I, I know I have a lot of really in depth analysis I've done about why Canto Bite doesn't work, even though on paper it technically should. Well, listen, I mean, we can use this podcast, not right now, no, not right now. but we could use this podcast as a vessel for Yeah, that. I know, I know. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm actually, hey, for everybody at home, this is a really random tangent, but I'm actually looking into uh, camera equipment. Oh, going to be one of them YouTube podcasts. Eh? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Because, anyways, so back to Solo. And, so, you know, yeah. yeah. So they get their mission. They're like, we got a, we lost all the hyperdrive fuel. Gonna have to make go do the castle run and get some more. That's right. Because they decide, hey, we'll just get some unrefined, uh, whatever that mineral is. What it coaxium? Coaxium. I think something. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, Dryden Voss is like, sure, I won't kill you if you go ahead and do that. And fuck you guys if you come back empty-handed. Well, I'll fucking kill you. Uh, so then. That's when Kira, I believe, mm. is like, hey, I know a guy, mm. right? So then they go to some other planet, which... I don't know if it's the same planet or a different planet. That happened twice in the movie where they find Lando on... <laughs> I don't know if it's the same planet or a different planet, you know? Then the snow every planet? They, no, every time they find... Because it's also kind of snowy on the planet they find him first. I don't know oh. where they are. It might, I assumed it was just probably the same planet. Yeah, I guess so. It might be a completely different place, but like that happens twice. That and then the very end of the movie, they find oh, him on some right. forest planet. I'm like, is that supposed to be the beach planet they were just on, or is that a completely different planet? I think it's a different planet. I mean, it doesn't really matter how they got there. Because we see the Millennium Falcon go off into space, I think. Oh, right? uh, we see it fly off. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. Um. Anyways, enter Lando, and I thought Lando, a.k.a. Don Glover was quite fabulous in this movie. He stole the show. I thought he was just charming his balls. And here's the thing. I mean, this is like Donald Glover's year, man. This is like his year right now. Yeah, his, like he's just fucking he he's reached a level of like star I don't know. Well, yeah, his weird uh his weird uh song just went platinum. I know. Today. I mean, that's the thing is like you look at everything he's he's just put his mind to doing, right? He's done acting, he's done stand-up comedy, and his stand-up comedy's good, eh. and he's done uh, he, uh, music also, and his music has been wildly successful. He's just like a hard-working dude. He has that TV show, Atlanta, that's really good, too. It's yeah. won awards. It's nuts, man. Yeah. Real renaissance, man. He is. And it's been a while. I feel like it's been a while since we've had someone like that. And he can dance? I'm sure he can. I'm I'm trying to think of the other like triple threat type things. Yeah. He can uh he can I don't know, build a house. I don't know. Uh but anyways, yeah. Enter Lando. I thought Lando was great. Lando's great, yeah. Uh I thought his robot 
L3. L3. L3 uh, 37, 37. Which spells leet, which is stupid, but whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Ew. If you think about it, but don't think about it. <laughs> She was great. I love the, I love the whole robot rights my, thing. One of my favorite robots they've ever done. And I know, I'm sure some people are real pissed off about it. It's like, oh, there's fucking SJW bots in my Star Wars. But, like, it's kind of played as a joke. It Well, it's played as a joke, but also, like, give us something we haven't seen, right? Yeah. And that's something we haven't seen. Yeah, it's not just another K2SO sassy robot. It's a sassy robot that's, like, obsessed with this thing that nobody else in the fucking entire Star Wars universe gives a shit about. Yeah. Which is funny to me. And, you know, I mean, so they recruit these two and and they establish this whole thing where, uh, you know, Han Solo and Lando Calrissian are, are gambling against each other. Right. Which I sabak. Right. At, at a game of sabak. Dan, I have a funny story about that. Anyways. Um, well, what's the story? This kid that I used to know. This is like high school. Okay. He was the biggest Star Wars guy Ever read all at the time, all fifty-two novels. Yes, yeah, knew that, all the movies. That all kind that of stuff, stuff is the reason I was always like, "Oh, I like Star Wars, but I'll never read the books." Because I didn't want to be the Star Wars guy, even though now I'm more confident in being the Star Wars guy. But I still just can't get into all that stuff. And he invited me over to play Sabak with him once, and it was me, another friend of mine, and this guy, right? But he was like picking on me the whole time. And then so in the middle of the Sabak game, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going home. And then I just left. And then I saw him standing outside watching me leave in his like Jedi garb. And it was just like, oh, this is so weird. You got out of there right when you needed to. (laughs) That's fucking dumb. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I've read a couple of the books, but like, yeah, not that many. I was always like, you know, I never wanted to because I was a fat kid in high school. I never wanted to be the fat kid wearing a Star Wars shirt. Oh. Because you always be on a fat kid wearing a normal shirt. Or a cool hot kid wearing a Star Wars shirt. You can't be both. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, they play, <laughs> they play a game of Sabacc. Han Solo loses his the ship that he claims to have. Which actually, fun little detail, the ship he claims to have is the same model as the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Oh, this movie's okay. full of like little like deep cut things like that, and that's why I yes. like it. I, I really liked it. Yes. We'll get into that. One of them I just beat my I just beat my head into a wall with. Anyways. Well that's not hold like that's the kind of I this movie is full of the stuff that you'd like Hold on, I'm gonna talk about it right now. Sure. This, this movie I enjoyed because it's full of like a bunch of those like winks and nods that aren't <laughs> disruptive. Like a lot of other movies, like especially episode seven, has a lot of disruptive fan service where oh, it's like yeah. look at this thing, whereas this one's like <laughs> it's like Beckett, you're the guy that killed Ara Singh. I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Oh my god, he killed that character. What? See, the winks and the nods are great. All right, but there's a reference. I th- I'm pretty sure that's from Rebels that I just fucking wanted to claw my eyes what, out. What the ship one? No, 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 no. We'll get to it later. Oh, later. It's tor- It's an Act Three thing, and this is what really brought down the movie for me. But, um, anyways, so they they. He plays against Lando. He plays Sabacc, and then they uh, Lando's a cheat. Do some funny business, and then now Lando and L three thirty seven are on so their L3, team. Three, yeah, and then there's that those battle bots and Ron Howard's brothers there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, so then they do that. I I I think right. They just go directly to the Kessel Run. They right? just do the Kessel Run. Well, there's some in ship traveling. There's some fun banter. Right, yeah, there's some fun banter, yeah. Chewbacca can't play hollow chess good. 
<laughs> yeah. Chewbacca is actually kind of like, it seems like he's like mostly because he doesn't have any real lines. He doesn't seem as to have much presence in the movie. No. But only in the very beginning. I like what he, they did with him though. I think like, cause in the old expanded universe, I think before I recall Han Solo, like, Saves Chewbacca's life, and he's got like a bullshit life depth, but he's like essentially a servant. Oh, right? right. Like in that way. And this one, Chewbacca's a lot more agency. He's more like, yeah. help this guy out. Like at the end, when they go to Kessel, and he's like, I can go leave with my, yeah, you know, my fellow Wookiees. I don't know if they're actually directly related. I assume they are. They looked like they weren't. Well, that look- other Wookiee looked like he. I think it might have been a, a female or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, I assumed that because it had, it was missing a lot of facial hair. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was like, oh, then he's like, I'm just gonna go. Help. I'm gonna go back to Han Solo. I'm gonna hang out with him. It's like, yeah, Chewbacca, you're a good guy. And I think, yeah, in the original series, the whole life debt thing was a it was a bit problematic. You know, it was just like, oh, here's my slave dog thing that I have. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad they they sort of like took some effort in correcting that. Um. So yeah, so they go to they go to Kessel. Yeah, it was fun seeing. Well, I mean, we've seen I've seen Kessel before. You probably haven't, but I've seen Kessel before. But it was nice seeing it in all of its live action glory with all of its stink pits, and you got to see finally the the Pike Syndicate in, in the flesh. Oh yeah, stuff I enjoy, Mike for the fans. I mean, like it doesn't really matter. It's huh? not, it's not, <laughs> like we've seen the Pikes, I think, in Clone Wars and stuff. Oh, um, gotcha. It doesn't yeah. like that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, this movie doesn't become good or bad just because I recognize things. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the Castle run was, uh, you know, I-, I thought it was good. I like Castle. I like the little robot uprising they have. It was all very fun. Yeah, that was fun. I like how uh, apparently Lando's costume from Return of the Jedi has been in the Falcon for 20 years. Oh, yeah. That was a fun little thing. It's <laughs> like, oh, huh. There was a. I, I felt I, like the the on planet stuff. There was a bit less energy to it than uh, the first heist of the movie. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I liked um, also the uh, another piece of uh, nice little deep cut. They also canonized Terrascasi, which I liked, which is the name of a fighting style from an old PlayStation One video game. Oh my god! And it's like, what, what, what <laughs> the fuck? How do you kill? How do you take that guy down? And she's like, oh, I'm using Terrascasi. I forget what it, what's how it's pronounced. Terrascasi or something like that. Um, and it's like, ha. I was like, ha. Yeah. And they yeah. also, they named drop Bosk at one point. I'm sure you got, yeah, you got that right. one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ha. They talk about Bosk. But I, I like what these spinoff movies do with their, like, what Rogue One did with, like, it's just Gold Leader, and it's old footage of Gold Leader, and there he is, and it's not, like, a big old to-do. I like when they do that kind of stuff as opposed to the, look at me, I like, I'm Finn, and I got, like, the little training probe from episode four. Oh, what? And you th- oh, yeah. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. Right. Now, like, yeah, with the, especially I think with the anthology movies, well, basically with the anthology movies, they, they sort of stitch together a lot of stuff from the bigger picture. And they do it, yeah, like you said, unintrusively, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, yeah, like. For the most part. For the most part, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they. They do the 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 castle run. Uh, yeah, basically they, they they go back into space and yeah, it's like L three gets shot and then they have to plug her into the the Millennium Falcon, which is my favorite deep cut reference of all, because in episode five C three PO says your ship has the most peculiar dialect and I'm like holy shit I'm like the only person well I don't know like no one saw it in the fucking theater but I like I was like I was like Whoa! I know like everyone on the internet who like you know knows Star Wars knows it too but like I was like oh my god what a fun yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like that kind of stuff's fun. 
So now she lives in a, a weird like sci-fi hell where she lives in the computer now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I I just I'd like to assume it's like she's dead and it's just like her part of her brain, you know. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, so from there, I mean, they they uh, they they go back into these. It's like a storm. Yeah, they go into right? like the space storm, and then there's, there's the squid monster the, the thing, the monster, which is cool, and it gets sucked into that wormhole. See, the thing is with that, and this is the very small. This is not even a complaint because I thought it was great the way it was, but that monster really doesn't do much before it gets sucked into the it's asleep or something. I don't know into the black hole. Like I thought it was gonna be more of a threat, and then it sort of just oh. kind of, you know, yeah. But that's whatever. It's fine. Well, it's like you know, what's it gonna do? It's gonna chase you, and it's gonna die. What else can it do? All right. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It's always fun seeing the big. Not it's always a bigger fish, as they say. Right. Yeah. As uh, they say. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. How the castle run was cool. <laughs> um, I like how after the castle run's done, Hansel's like did it in less than twelve parsecs, and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost wish it's the and the unfortunate part, like in episode seven, where Ray's like, "Oh my god, you did the custom run fourteen parsecs," that like it makes it a notorious thing. It'd be funnier if nobody fucking cared, and Hansel oh, was the yeah. only person's like, "I did the custom run twelve parsecs," and yeah. like everyone's like, "Yeah, whatever." Right. Yeah. Even though it is technically impressive. Well, and I did like the whole thing. I I also liked the line that he had where he's just like, "I got a good feeling about this." That was like, fun. <laughs> I mean, they spoiled that in the trailer, unfortunately. Well, but. yeah, yeah, but. I also like the part where it's like, where Chewbacca's like, no, you didn't. He's like, nah, if you round down, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that same Dune beach planet was kind of cool. You're talking about where they go yeah, the next. Little, yeah, the little tribe they got there going on there. And so are we... To, uh, so basically, um, I always... Man, I always forget these names. I'm you sorry. ask me. Uh, Dryden Voss, right? Yeah. His little fun ship, his little t- yeah. tall fun ship... Does that basically just go from one planet to another planet? It's a spaceship, yeah. Okay, because that's a funny ship. Well, it's like, yeah, you go do your heist, and I'll meet you at this place. Yeah. And he does. Uh, it is. So then they go ahead and meet up with him. It's a big old betrayathon. Well, first, the uh, right. Infi's Nest comes, and it's like, hey, I'm here. Guess what? We're rebels. I thought it was kind of weird where she takes her helmet off, and she's just like a nobody, but the movie's kind of like, dun, dun, dun. Well, and that was a thing. I I was rolling my eyes a little bit because I feel like it was one of those kind of dated things where it's like, you know what? Actually, she's a girl. Like and I, it's I, like ah. Like I don't know if that if I, like I feel that's what the, the 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 you know the mic drop of that was supposed to be, but like. Whatever. Nowadays you don't have to do that. Yeah, nowadays you don't have to do that. It's just like you could take she takes off her mask. She's a girl, and it's like okay. Because I was like, is she some related to somebody? Am I just a character I'm supposed to know? Nope. Nope. Yeah, it was like not a reveal at all. But you know how very '90s of them to do that. Yeah, so that uh, was a little weird. So then that's when you find out the Swoop Riders are actually, you know, yeah. a part of the Rebellion. I liked one of them was a Rodian. That was fun. I like it when the old oh, yeah. Star Wars aliens show up now and then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got Warwick Davis with a speaking line for once. Yeah, that was cool. He's, uh, you know, replaying actually fun fact. He is uh, it's the same character he played in episode one. I was curious about that. Yeah, I was real curious about that. He gets around and Two Tubes is there who later joins the Partisans in Rogue One. Two tubes. He's that weird guy with the tube sticking out of his chin. Oh, yeah. I recognize that guy. I assume it's the same guy, because if it is the same guy, that means he eventually gets pretty extreme and breaks off and goes join and joins uh, 
you know, Forrest Whitaker and his his right. merry bunch, the partisans as they call them. So how long before like ten years? Oh, okay. So it's it's like right in the middle of that gap. Ten years before the Battle of Yavin. Okay, gotcha. Um, Han Solo is twenty two in this movie. Oh wow. Okay, so his character is like thirty two and uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um. All right. So. Yeah, so then they find out about like the schemes, right? And then they sort of like this is where like Han Solo's like, well, we gotta like have morals or something. I, I like I'm not explaining this well, but like anyways, yeah, there's there's a whole thing that they they concoct, right? For when they when they meet up with uh Dryden Voss. Yeah. And that's a fun little plan that they got going on. I enjoyed the the plan. It was like this is a hell of a forgery. Just kidding, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, and I liked. Uh, basically, I know the, like the last twenty minutes, the movie kind of like it's weird because everything's really the castle runs like super thrilling, and then it kind of yeah. takes a break, and it's kind of like it's a not it's not whiplash, but it's like we're slowing down for a second. Well, and yeah, so I thought the pacing I, in that area kind of like it kind of like went like whoa, and I, then it picked up again. It picked up again, but it still felt very. Like I, it, it didn't quite get its its energy back for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like I felt like, like, yeah, like you said, the Kessel Run was like this very large, scale, like it was a larger scale thing, and then we get to this beach planet, and then everything's sort of just kind of like everybody's chilling, and then and then okay, so then they go to see Dryden Voss, mm-hmm. right, and then there's there's uh, the double cross from Beckett, um, and then there's like a squ- a little like. You know they 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 uh, squabble. They they you know banter. They fight oh, a bit. That. They fight a bit, right? Um, and like you know, classic Star Wars. Uh, a couple of knives uh, are just as <laughs> just as good for fighting as a gun. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I'm 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 kind of blanking on how Dryden Voss dies. Uh, Kira with her cool little like pitch, like her like you know tuning fork sword just. I think stabs oh, him in the heart with like his own knife. I think that's or something. right. Yeah. Um, so then you know, uh, crisis averted. Uh, uh, Han Solo is gonna go off and do his thing, and then she's gonna join him. Yeah. So she says. And then this is the part of the movie where I'm like, "Hey, I, I don't need this. I don't need this. I, next, this part, I, actually, I don't need this next this part." This part surprised me because uh, <laughs> not for the reason you think. It surprised me because. So this guy, this ho- this hooded figure appears in this hologram, and my girlfriend starts ribbing me, elbowing me in the ribs. I'm like, wait, what? What? What does she know that I don't know? Because usually I'm good. Like when we saw Infinity War, I was like, when Red Skull oh, showed up, I was right. like, <gasps> before like because I just heard his voice, but like I should, I don't know why I didn't recognize this guy's voice, but it turns out it's fucking Darth Maul. Exactly. Well, hey, the reason you don't recognize his voice is because the Darth Maul in Episode One doesn't talk. Yeah, except I've seen all the Clone Wars and all of Rebels with Darth Maul. Yeah, and it's the same I voice actor, s- Sam Witwer, yeah. who went to my high school, by the way. Oh, that's cool. I never didn't like not at the same time though. I just, you know, and I know like this is one of those things where I just need to basically detach my own version of Star Wars because this is. I'm sure you were quite confused. This is the lore now, right? This is the lore where. Darth Maul is the head of the Crimson Dawn. And I need to ask you about the Crimson Dawn because I still don't quite understand how the fuck. Anyways. There's still a lot of it... unfilled in timeline when it comes to him. Well, are we supposed to believe that Darth Maul is still subservient to uh, to uh, Palpatine no, they, at this point? They, they broke up. Okay, good. Because 
what I was thinking was like, man, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Where like, okay, there's the empire, and then and then the biggest crime syndicate is also run by the the Sith. Like, so here's the story for you should really watch fucking Rebels. Darth Maul, through the power of hatred and the Force, uh-huh. kept himself together for what was it at that point? Um, twelve years, eleven years, twelve years. Uh-huh. Um, Lived on a junkyard planet where he turned, made himself a spider body and fed people, fed off of people. Uh-huh. Um, was rescued by his uh, a brother, uh, and uh, a bunch of witches restore his memory, um, which is cool. It, it makes sense. It's hard to. It's like one of those things that yeah. sounds silly, but it makes sense when you watch it. And then he uh, goes on a revenge rampage, trying to kill Obi Wan Kenobi. Ends up forming a criminal empire through the you know because he's a sith and he can just kind of and it's called crimson dawn and he can walk over everyone i forget the name of it it might be crimson dawn in the show but i don't i don't recall he because he like takes over death watch which is the name of this uh mandalorian group and he also gets a bunch of other gangs together and takes over mandalore until palpatine or sidious shows up and he's like i see you're alive fuck you <laughs> You know, I already got, I got a new apprentice, therefore you got to die. And so, like, that's yeah. the, one of the best fight scenes in any Star Wars thing ever. Wow. And uh, the, the Maul disappear. Like, Maul is captured by Palpatine. And then that arc never resolved itself because the Clone Wars got canceled. So they read a comic book where he escapes. And then he kind of, all of his witch a friends. Comic book. Unfortunately, that's the way, you know. Yeah. His witch friends are killed. And then he kind of goes off. And so I assume between that, which is the Clone Wars, so, you know. Uh, 20 years before the Battle of Yavin to 10. So in the next 10 years, he rebuilds his, uh, his criminal empire. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so that was really cool. And the thing I like about it the most, like at the time I was like, oh, Darth Maul's here. I didn't really like get the same kind of like, ooh, like I did with Darth Vader when he showed up in Rogue One or anything. No. But it was really cool. And I kind of like at the same time, I was sort of like more just like shocked that Darth Maul was there. And I didn't really, it kind of passed over me because it was like, what? Darth Maul? You know, so I didn't really absorb it, so I'd have to see it again. But the thing I like about it, I'm not gonna let you finish, um, is that it's it's very refreshing because it's like <laughs> Lucasfilm is throwing something in the movie that doesn't make any sense unless you know the lore, and I like that a lot because it's like we have a whole universe here. We don't want to make things that only make sense in movie form, and I really really appreciate that. Well, that's uh, you know, I'm I'm all for like supplemental material and stuff, right? But like at, at the very least, I I just there's a connective tissue, I think, and again, this is just coming from someone that's that has watched only the movies, basically, and some of Clone Wars, but I didn't get to the part with Darth Maul. Like in the first, in Episode One, he was like a henchman; he was like a lackey, right? Yeah, he was the apprentice. Yeah. He was not. He didn't strike me as having the the capacity for leadership. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm willing to accept that, like, okay, he comes back and he forms a criminal empire and blah, blah, blah. It's just weird seeing it because, like, okay, there was a term you used for episode eight where uh, you were like, man, there's a lot of people complaining about how Admiral Akbar they didn't see Admiral Akbar die. And to that you say, hey, movie, don't jerk me off, right? Yeah. And so when I saw Darth Maul in this movie, my first thought was, hey, movie, don't jerk me off. Yeah, it's a bit of a jerk off moment. Especially especially when he's like, hey, just in case you didn't know I was Darth Maul, here's my lightsaber that I turn on for one second yeah. and then whoosh around and then turn off. I'm like, 
fuck off. Yeah, but at the same time, it is the lightsaber <laughs> he is using in Rebels, and I do appreciate that. And they also got Ray <laughs> Park back again with his robot legs. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. It's like it's the best kind of fan service because it's not one that I'm expecting. I'd, well, you know it, what they need to do with it like, is they need to follow up with it. They that's need, the problem is they never will. But like that's yeah. the, I walked out of this movie being like, man, I want to see that fucking Darth Maul. Exactly. Thing now. Like if they're gonna plant that seed of him being a part of this criminal em- mm-hmm. empire, follow up with it somewhere because like right now it just seems like it comes out of nowhere. See, my my dream. If I had to like to is like they'd follow up, they'd end that story. They would start an Obi Wan Kenobi spin off movie, which everyone wants and I don't give a shit about, but if they wanted to do it, that's perfectly fine, I'd see it. Yeah. Start that in the Rebels, he and Maul square off to do a live action version of that. And that's how you start the movie. That's the prologue. Is Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul just meet and fight because it doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. Uh, cause you, just do, you can just do like a script, you know. A complete... Well, by the way, wasted opportunity having that in Rebels and not in a movie. But anyways, yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, there's only so much stuff to do. Um, that would be awesome. And then the movie can, can that'll be the prologue, and the movie can go on as it is. Yeah. But I hope that I don't know. I'd love to see that more of that. Uh, he the thing about like you know Ray Park and Darth Maul is that you couldn't he couldn't be the star of a movie. He's a st- he could be a star of a movie, but I would love to see him come back. Yeah, exactly. But he would have to do all that cool shit that he did in episode one. You know what Ray I mean? Ray Park still got it. He's fit. Yeah. Yeah. I want him flips. to... That, he had that real fucking scary expression on his face. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in episode one, and like I, it was sort of not there in, in this one, but like... That's fine. Well, Maul's the characters evolved a lot since episode one. Episode one, he was just a blunt instrument, right? In terms of like both as a character in the script and as a character in the movies, and then Clone Wars really fleshed him out. Yeah, thanks both in part to you know George Lucas and Dave Filoni sort of giving the character an extra coat of paint. I'm not sure who's the more you know uh, who's wrote all those scripts, and also Sam Witwer's awesome performance. He like really helped, I think, make him a unique, interesting character. Um. And I'm really glad that he's in the movie now. It's yeah. just kind of neat. It's fun. Um, and then uh, another piece of fun wink, wink naughtiness, but not really. Han shoots first. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was that was cool. I was like, hey, <laughs> he shot first. But well, oh, wait, real quick, actually, going back to the mall thing, I was just kind of thinking like the, the entire movie. I was expecting like Boba Fett or Bosk even, or like even Maz Kanata or somebody to show up. Just because, like, surely someone's going to show up. Darth Maul was not on that list. Yeah, no, I was surprised. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, I'm I'm kind of all for kind of uh, with these anthology films. You know, since they're set between the prequels and the and the uh, the original series. I mean, I, I think it is really cool that they sort of have elements from both mm-hmm. se- series. You know, like I think uh, Rogue One having that shot, that flashback of um, Coruscant was was a cool thing yeah i'm still i hope they go back and do a proper clone wars era prequel spin-off movie eventually that would be quite nice it'll be a while i think well, they, I they well, would we'll see well because let me ask you this though there's like with the prequels there was like episode one two three and then there was like a ton of supplemental material with mm-hmm. clone wars tv show and i'm just curious like what movie would you make you could do uh, something you know? about the Clone Wars, just like a spinoff with the Clone Wars. Or just something that during the Clone Wars it doesn't necessarily need to be the Clone Wars. I would want to. I would want to go elsewhere than the Clone Wars. That's what I'd want. Well, yeah, I'm just saying you could do like a heist movie that's set during the Clone Wars, like that has battle droids in it or something. I don't know. 
Yeah. Instead of stormtroopers, it'd be cool to see the battle droids on the big screen with like twenty whatever year it comes out, like nice visual effects where they look like real. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Or, you know, honestly, like a, uh, if they wanted to just like sort of focus on one of the wars that was going on on one of the planets, like just sort of like a frontline movie, you know? Yeah. You just do a whole, just a whole war movie. That'd be the the well Chuba- uh, Wookiees or whatever. Yeah, well, they already did that. <laughs> Go to some other rando planet. Um, yeah. There's lots of options. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, Han shoots first and then he wins the Millennium Falcon kind of a quick little stinger at the end and then oh, he flies right. off into the sunset. Yeah. And then they, they of course, mention, uh, Beckett mentions, yeah, there's this, this guy putting a team together on Tatooine and uh, name's Jabba. <laughs> he doesn't, or, he say, doesn't, that. Say, he doesn't Jabba, say Jabba, does he? He's yeah. just some big shot gangster. Big shot gangster putting a team together on Tatooine. Yeah, so like, uh, <laughs> that that's how that goes. Um, I think that's winking and nodding setting up a sequel that will never happen. Yeah. Which that- is a real bummer because I liked, I liked, I really liked Alden Ehrenreich's performance. I thought he did a really good job. It might not be like the same Han Solo as the other Han Solo, but he's because it's 10 years removed, you can kind of do that. And I thought he was really great. I thought he was very compelling. I thought his performance was really good. He kind of nailed the swagger at least. You know, well, it's funny. This is another thing where I'd say he's probably one of the weaker elements of the movie. I don't know. I thought he was very charming. I I, I felt there were times he kind of ebbed and flowed into like a Hans, like a like a Harrison Ford Han Solo, like like his tone of voice would be like very Han Solo sometimes. Be like, oh, okay, like this this is like uh, him acting more like Han Solo, and then there would be other times where I'm like, yeah, this is I I don't see it at all. I I like. I don't know. I don't see the likeness at all, but it's fine. Well, I don't know. I'd been, it wasn't awful. It's better than doing an impression. Sure. A character. Yeah. It's better than him doing a character. Yes. Um, but yeah, so then the movie ends, they fly off into the sunset or the space set and it's fun. Right. Um, yeah. I was a little disappointed, if you will, that Han Solo's dice have still don't really have any point. No. I thought he was going to use them to win his ship. To win the Million Falcon or something. But like, no, this is lucky. He's good luck charm, I guess. Which is fine, I guess, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, th- I think it's, I think it's kind of a cool thing that in episode eight, they sort of highlighted those. And then this coming out so soon after they sort of showed you the, the origin of, of those. But I mean, that's nothing that matters really. No, it's not. Now, the big shock, the big twist of the movie. Is that nobody fucking saw it? Oh right, it did bad. It, it did it, how Star bad? Wars badly. It did like it did for a movie. It did fine. Well, it didn't do so fine because the reshoots and all the kerfuffle made it cost with marketing maybe four hundred million dollars. Um, well, and it made eighty five million dollars over the weekend. Okay, so right now worldwide, it's at. 197 million. Yeah, so chances which are which is not great. It won't even it will like hit 400, which for a big summer blockbuster yeah. movie ain't great. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, this movie was sort of the uh the underdog you know for a while now, right? I mean, I think some of the the backstage drama kind of got in the way. I think lots of things got in the way. We have all these different individual aspects and if one of these things ends up, you know, affecting the movie whatever but when every single one of them hits it ends up being badly so you have a bad release date is the first thing Uh that was a bad choice like i think like i think it was they were trying 
to be like, you know, I don't Star know. Wars, whatever, but they released Too Close to Infinity War, which is still going super strong, and then Too Close well, to Deadpool, and also, which not going as strong as the first Deadpool is still going strong. But also too close to a Star Wars movie that was not received very well. Well, too, well even if it was received well, it could just be too close to a Star Wars movie in general. Having a yeah. two, two Star Wars movies within five months is unheard is, of. Is It's too much. Um, I, you know what I mean? I think there's a lot of people out there that honestly didn't even know that this was coming out yet. Yeah, so there's that's well, that's two <laughs> two things is like the release date being too close to other things, and the release date being too close to Star Wars. The third thing, as you mentioned, uh, the last Star Wars burning a lot of people out from Star Wars. Right. A lot of the bigger fans. Yeah. Um, you know, or half of the half the big fans. You know, and as we've all seen, uh, the fourth thing is probably uh, the behind the scenes drama certainly didn't help. Uh, painted a bad picture before thing. The fifth, the reviews were a little lukewarm. Like you know, right. And then I, I think I'll, they were a little, a little harsher than they need to be. I'm kind of surprised that it got such a lukewarm reception because I thought it was really really fun. And I thought like they were like I felt the reviews were like it's fun, but it should be like a big monumental important movie, which I think is a little unfair. That's, see, but it, unfortunately, that is the Star Wars brand. Yeah, Star Wars movies are big movies. And like, but I don't think they should be. I think the episodes should be the big movies. But I think it's not fair to treat every Star Wars, especially if we're going to keep doing the anthologies, better to treat a, a spin-off Star Wars movie more along the lines of Ant Man than and then along the lines of something really yeah, monumental. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. See, I that's the that's the problem. Is I think if I think if you're dealing with a franchise that you're not trying to revive. I think it's easier to do that. Like with MCU, okay, an example with Ant-Man, right? Like I think MCU is able to do that, like release all these movies within like a you know, 4 months of each other yeah, or something, they do right? Like three movies a year. Like I think it's able to do that because for one, the first of these movies was only 10 years ago, and it's like this connective tissue that's been there from the beginning and it's not this thing that people have had 40 years to sort of mull over and like think about and like have thoughts about you know like we're not dealing with uh three different three different uh ch- childhoods of of uh mm-hmm. MCU right so i mean i i think it's it, and then also it, you, you but yeah with star wars i feel the problem with these new movies and and I think a lot of the complaints people have about these new movies are just kind of in their own head. It's like this thing where it's like they grew up with a certain Star Wars that set the tone of what they think Star Wars is. And then all of a sudden, if it's like 10 years later and all of a sudden people are coming out with these different kinds of Star Wars movies, then people are like, well, I'm confused. Yeah. I don't know, guys. You know? Um, I think it's different. And a lot of the reviews I was seeing, actually, speaking of reviews, where a lot of them were like, this movie doesn't like this movie's fun, but why does it need to exist? And I find that to be annoying and a philosophical question. It's like, why does any movie need to exist? Sure, yeah. It's like that's like what, like what, like why does a movie need to justify its existence by like doing something like important? Oh, totally. I find that annoying. It annoys and, me. And for my money, honestly, I, I, I am not someone that is resistant to big franchise movies. I think if you have something that's a great idea and you have more to say. Do it. Just well, fucking no. do it. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like. So here's the, well, yeah. Well, the hope is that, like, I hope the lesson that they take away from, from Solo being a disappointment in the box office um, is, uh, well, I hope they take two lessons. The first lesson I hope they take is that Star Wars as a brand isn't bulletproof. 
And oh, totally. People of the last year is, I think, last in the last calendar year, people have started to learn that where it's just you can't slap Star Wars on something and just have it be like, <laughs> oh, whatever. I think the first, the one of the big ones that I had last year was Star Wars Battlefront, where Electronic Arts was like, well, Star Wars Battlefront, it's gonna sell Star Wars, whatever. We're gonna put this really awful mm-hmm. fucking microtransaction that's gonna nickel and dime you into the game, yeah. and like whatever idiots will buy it's fucking Star Wars, and that underperformed because you can't do that, even if it's just Star Wars, you can't just. Do put Star Wars on something and expect it to be like you know gobbled up, right? Yeah, and it's the shame because Star Wars Battlefront is actually a mechanically pretty fun game, and they did get rid of all that stuff, which is good. Um, and then this one, this movie, uh, the same thing. It's just, just because it has Star Wars and guarantee anything anymore. So hopefully yeah. they'll try and like you know just be less uh, gung ho about just doing whatever. And the other thing is, hopefully, like they'll try and scale things back a little i mean like it's hard because star wars requires so much fantasy stuff <laughs> that you can't you have to throw a lot of money at it to make it to really sell it and it needs like top of the line effects and stuff but like it'd be nice to do something a little smaller scale and this is going to segue into something some news that we're not going to talk about in a may episode but might as well talk it here because it's star wars hour sure the fucking james mangold boba fett movie that they sort of announced yay oh shut up but man, the well, fucking director of Logan making a Boba Fett movie. That's great. That's great. And 310 I think to that, bo- 310 to Fett. Oh, he did 310 to Yuma yeah. also? Okay. See, that gives me a lot of that gives me a lot of uh excitement for it. Is is that much more the director than yeah. the subject well, material. Well, I love well, Boba Fett like again, like yeah. And on. and this is something I was going to mention when you're when you're listing off the things of why this movie maybe didn't do so well. One of the things I wanted to mention and one of the feelings I had from the start of this was it's, it's just when you think Han Solo having his own movie, you th- I, the first thing I think is like this is probably one of the lowest hanging fruit of, of it. It's basically say, them being like, well, everybody loves Han Solo. Let's give him his own. Oh, movie. yeah. But that- it's like, OK, what's the story there? Right. And I, I guess what I mean is like, what's the appeal? People like, well, um, again, like, I, I guess I, I forgot to finish my list of reasons why the movie fails. Like, nobody, people love Han Solo, but no one really gives a shit about Han Solo enough yeah, to see him like, in his Like, I don't own need to movie. see where he comes from, you Yeah, know? like, there's, like, it's, I like it because it's just like a, it's just like a, it's like a book, expanded universe book or comic come to life. And that's like, sure. that kind of non-essential fun time story, which is excellent. And I fucking love that kind of stuff. Um, and that's what it felt like to me. It's like, look at this. We're just having a fun time. It's like, you know, Star Wars light. It's not essential, but whatever. It's just good. It's just good, classic, clean fun. But that and also th- that also makes it more disposable, I think. Yeah, but I think that I'd like that you can make... I want Star Wars to make be able to make disposable one-off stories that aren't important to the larger Well, universe. I mean, we'll, we'll see if they're capable of doing that. Like, I, I still think it goes against brand, but like, I understand... Like, in the perfect world, like I think it would be great if they could do that and it could be successful. Yeah, but. like you know, I I want to see like them because like I just want like we're just gonna do a team of rando nobodies that we've never seen before and they're gonna do a heist or they're just gonna like they're gonna yeah. do like a seven samurai type shit or whatever. Right. And like that's it. Like it's a movie that has that's just like this is a Star Wars story that happened in a galaxy far far away. Yeah. Whenever in the timeline and here it is and like is it important? Does it feed into any of the other movies? Not at all. But who cares? Because it's fun. Right, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I want them to do. And that's what Solo was. And it's it's a real pity that, like, you know, I don't want Star Wars to only have to be this MCU-esque, everything's important to one centralized big story. Yeah. With that said, though, I mean, a Boba Fett movie, especially with, uh, what's what's his name? Ja- uh, James Mangold. James Mangold? I think so. Uh, a Boba Fett movie with him behind it 
and the proper time to market it, I think will do really well. Yeah, and again, I think also uh, it doesn't need to be nearly as what like um, the word I'm trying to think like a globe trotting except for space. Uh, like yeah. you don't have to go to like eight different planets and stuff. You can no, take place on like no, one, no. two planets, one even just one planet, and like yeah. not hopefully not Tatooine, but like you know, like Boba Fett goes into like a in like a Yojimbo esque town and solves some problems, and that's solves all. Solves problems? No, thank you. He, well, he Boba Fett. He's me, a he's a devil may care bounty hunter, my friend. He's like he's um, gonna get hired by somebody to fucking catch somebody maybe i'd like to think of well hopefully we'll see what like because he barely has a character like it'd be kind of nice to be like a yojimbo or man with no name-esque sort of wanderer who sure does things for money but at the same time with a town in need he's just gonna be like what well in in yojimbo until the end of yojimbo the character of yojimbo or sanjuro or whatever you want to call him um you know he plays both sides for money until the end where he's like all right now i'm gonna actually be a good person so like that kind of stuff (laughs) I mean, we could go round and round about this, you know round what I mean? But the thing with Boba Fett is, if they make him like a good guy, I, I just, I, I'm. No, I hope they don't. I don't want to be a good. I want to be like you know. He's because he's kind of just a piece of shit. Well, though, like I want right? to be like. like he, I don't know. It's hard. Like again, he uh, he is the one bounty. He's sort of he's more of a villain than not. But like, yeah, I guess I'd like to. Well, I think it'd be kind of nice, personally. Post Return of the Jedi. Finally, get a Post Return of the Jedi anthology story. Don't say it. He comes back from the dead. Don't. But he's all sad no. because he got kicked into a Sarlacc pit by by Han Solo, and he's like, "I suck. Everyone hates me now." If they have a Boba Fett movie be- where he gets out of the Sarlacc pit, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. Why would you? What? Well, like what? Like, what? Explain the logic that you'd be you'd because be so my, fucking furious because my that whole got fuck out of the Sarlacc because pit. my whole life it's been people that really love Boba Fett and think he's cool saying. Of course he got out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, man. Of course he did. I'm like, no, he died. Damn it, he died in that Sarlacc pit. Don't jerk me off. Don't jerk me off, movie. Well, he died in that Sarlacc like pit. <laughs> and then he's got to take Professor X to Montana or whatever the fuck. Right. All right. Well, that's all. All the way to Canada. That's that's about all I have to say. Hey, Solo, a Star Wars story. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was good. I'm not in love with the movie, How but I thought it was good. How many stars would you give it out of four? I would give it three out of four stars. Wow. Three out of four. Yes. I saw on Letterboxd give it three out of five, though. That's true. That's like a two and a half. to. T- but I'm not going to give it two out of four stars. Both of those give it passing grades. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. I give it a three and a half out of four. Okay. Uh, that's quite, that quite a score. For fun time and for, 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 and for Star Wars fans need apply. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and one last thing before we go, but I want to mention, I was actually like, it doesn't really, it squeaks in here and there, but when John Powell's score like kind of like becomes noticeable... I really dug it. I thought it was really nice. I like the way, like he did a lot yeah. of cool stuff with the with drums. Like during the train heist, it's like a lot of like dun 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 dun. Or I can't really, I don't really remember the score off the top of my head, but it was like really cool. And I was like, I'm digging this. This is pretty cool. And then during the Kessler run, when the asteroid field uh, theme sh- shows back up, I was just like, oh boy, oh geez. Now the, was that uh, the the music that was in that first trailer? Was that in the movie? No, the trailer music. None of the trailer music. Because I wish it was. That because I really fucking loved that. That that's whatever. All that... Mar- that's all marketing. The trailer music for all the Star Wars movies in the, since you know Episode Seven have all just been trailer music yeah. for the trailers. Don't. It... It's too bad. I, I I liked that. I liked whatever that was in there. Yeah, it's cool. But like I 
people always feel like, oh man, this is gonna be like new kind of music. This is just a trailer music. Don't even, don't even. Yeah. Think. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's a small thing. So whatever. I still think the best trailer so far is the episode seven trailer that has the I think Hansel and the princess theme that blares in. Uh, it's really good. The oh second, yeah. The second trailer or the third, if you count the teaser. All the t- all the trailers for episode seven were just fucking yeah. amazing. The episode eight trailers yeah. aren't bad too. Yeah. Epi- the Rogue One trailer right. is not so much. I recently I rewatched Rogue One in preparation, not in preparation, but just because I was feeling Star Warsy before Solo came out. Man, Rogue One just keeps kind of like dropping down and down on my list of favorite Star Wars movies. Every time I see it, it just kind of gets like one tick lower. It's just because I think I like Solo better than Rogue One because Rogue One is all that third act, and everything else before it is just sort of like this is sort of like kind of poorly written and like has cool moments but like is kind of a slog just to get to this nice meat well i think rogue one once you get to that nice meat i think it it dips higher up like i think the meat of rogue one for me is more delicious than the meat of solo yes i agree with that i think the meat of rogue one is more delicious than even like the meat of the last jedi but most because there's more of it but it's a forty five yeah. minute sustained sequence. But at the same time, it's like I would rather the whole front end watch, of the movie was was very skip my on the Blu-ray, just skip to the last forty five minutes and watch that and that'd be great. Yeah. But like that's not how a movie yeah. is, and so I have to watch that. I can't just watch part of a movie that just, just wrong feels wrong to me. Right. So yeah, so if I had to choose, I would say solo is like my fourth or fifth fifth favorite star wars as of now wow um but that's like 10 you know so it's not that much well four i mean that means there's only three movies above solo that's pretty so probably amazing fifth, then okay um road the last jedi slightly behind it mm-hmm. and then episode three around there too they're all kind of clumped together mine i think right now is if i'm going from most favorite to least favorite uh Return of the Jedi, um, and then honestly, dude, the Last Jedi. I thought it was your favorite. And then, well, see, no, there's still man, there's still stuff in Return of the Jedi that I think is like just fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Empire Strikes Back, and then may, uh, probably a New Hope, and then uh, uh, Force Awakens, and then Rogue One. And then Solo, and then Episode 3, and then Episode 1, and then Episode 2. So if I had to choose right now, uh, I think it's Episode 6, Episode 5, Episode 7, for sure. That's my top three. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's... Oh, gosh. I don't know. Like, like the next three are all kind of just in It like, gets hard around the middle, block. yeah. Because, yeah. like, I think it's just because I haven't seen in a while, and, like, it's just, like, like just really nice. I really like Episode 3. Mm-hmm. And then Solo and the Last Jedi, and then Rogue One, and then um, two, and then one. Okay. Am I missing one? No, episode four is in there. I missed episode four. Oh, gosh. Where is that? Oh, shit. Uh, that's probably above Rogue <laughs> One. It's probably below the other three, but above Rogue One. And that's just because it's uh, comparatively slow and simple compared to the other Star Wars Sure, movies. yeah. So it's less, less, in my opinion, rewatchability. Um even though technically speaking, it's probably the best one. I th- I would say so. You can't watch any of the other ones without seeing that one. Well, it's also like the only film. Yeah. Like the other ones are movies and Star Wars Episode Four is actually like a film. Right. Yeah. So that's that's where it gets there. But uh, yeah. So it's hard to say. I'll have to. 
Maybe I'll go on Letterboxd and make myself a real no fool and list. There you go. One of them lists and yeah. everyone you can yell at me about how wrong I am or whatever. Or how right I am. That would be that'd be a change. I'm a little bit bummed about how little feedback I get from Letterboxd, but that's a whole well, different why conversation. Would you? I don't know. I just feel people go on there and see my reviews, but I guess not. Okay, I'll start shit. I'll start like <laughs> shitting your reviews then. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll sign up for a th- another account. I'll be like, "Hey, you idiot! <laughs> Predator's a fucking piece of shit movie." <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex, I think I am good and done with talking about Solo. What do you What do you think? Yeah, Solo. <laughs> more like so. Go see it. Yeah. It, I, I hear it It could use your help, so go see it. Yeah, I'll probably try and see it one more time before it leaves theaters, which might be sooner than later. Apparently. Same here, yeah. I was going to you know, see it in like the cool uh, HDR thing they got going on around here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Until then, we'll catch you next Star Wars. That's right. And uh, be sure to tune into our regular programming, the uh, Filmtastic Voyage. Come, come to you every Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody. See you.